From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, Deconing, Part 2. It stabilizes ectasia by making the cornea biomechanically stiffer, so the cornea physically is becoming less floppy. First this. It wasn't always like this. Before the time of podcasts, physicians had a much more difficult time staying abreast of their fields. Then, in February of 2005, a plucky new podcast, the first for physicians, was released into the wild. That first episode of As Seen From Here was downloaded by absolutely no one because almost no one had ever heard of a podcast. But the tenacious podcast could not be kept down. Soon, ophthalmologists trickled and then streamed in. And then the plucky little podcast wasn't so little anymore. And it measured uploads not in megabytes, but in terabytes. And downloads not in hundreds, but recorded 10,000 downloads in 103 countries every month. But we really have only one listener we care about. You. This podcast is just for you. Keep it to yourself if you choose. But won't you share it with a friend? And then you and your friend can share a scene from here's sixth birthday with me. This is the concluding segment of my interview with Peter Hirsch on collagen crosslinking. Peter, the other paper dealt with haze. Can I get you to talk a little bit about that study? Sure. Well, as we proceeded with looking at these cross-linking patients, um, one notices that they develop a typical corneal haze um, uh, afterwards. This was reported in a, in a number uh, of studies. Uh, and as the healing process goes on, patients um, will develop a, a distinct uh, type of corneal haze. It usually begins as a a, a generalized dust-like uh, haze, and as healing continues, it uh, tends toward more of a demarcation line, that is um, a mid-stromal faint haze that almost indicates the junction between the treated and cross-linked anterior cornea and the untreated a posterior cornea. So knowing that this occurred, we wanted to see could we define a natural history uh, of, of the haze and uh, try to, try to uh, define for the clinician what an expected time course would be uh, afterwards. And to quantitate this, we used um, flug analysis. So we took uh, Scheinflug photographs uh, taken with the Penicam instrument of uh, the corneas at different time points, uh, preoperatively one month, three months, six months, and, and 12 months. 
with the integral uh, computer analysis uh, available with the Shine Flug, we are able to assess the density of, of, of the corneal uh, stroma uh, via their densitometry uh, measurements. So we looked at central corneal shine flug densitometry over the time course um, of, uh, of one year in, in these corneas. We also looked at slit limb graded uh, haze um, so we would look at these patients uh, at the slit lamp at the different time points and, and grade their haze uh, visually. We ranked it on a scale of zero to four, zero being a, a clear cornea, uh, one plus uh, simply having focal areas of, of minimal haze, two plus diffuse, um, uh, though um, uh, not too severe, uh, haze three plus uh, being a diffuse uh, clouding or reticulation which would start to obscure the view of the iris and and four plus being focal or diffuse areas of um, of a dense haze which would uh, which would obscure uh, iris, iris detail so we ranked the patients clinically uh, uh, as well and we looked at the time course of um, haze development and, and, and haze resolution afterwards. And we did find that the densitometry measurements and the slit lamp graded uh, measurements showed a, a similar curve. Uh, that is the corneal haze that one sees in the cross-linking maximizes at one year. Uh, it tends to plateau at uh, three months and um, resolves uh, significantly uh, thereafter such that patients are um, at or close to baseline after uh, after one year. Right, what we find, right, we find that the, the haze that you find uh, in the cross-linking peaks at a month, stabilizes or, or plateaus, so we don't see much of a change in the population at, at three months, uh, and then diminishes significantly between three uh, and six months and, and six and 12 months. Peter, the post-LASIK keratoectasia group demonstrated significantly more haze than the keratoconus group. Why do you think that this happened? Is it that the post-LASIK keratoectasia corneas developed more haze as a result of treatment? Or is it that the keratoconus patients had higher baseline haze, higher pre-treatment haze? Well, I, 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 think, it's the, I think it's the latter, because what we actually found that the change in haze early on was similar uh, in the two groups. And one thing that we did find was that the resolution of the haze uh, tended to actually be faster in uh, in the ectasia group. So if we looked at the haze at each time point and compared keratoconus and ectasia, there were no significant differences in the actual haze. If we looked at the development of the haze and the improvement in the haze, there was actually a significantly faster resolution of the haze uh, in the in the ectasia subgroup. Did the haze ever return to baseline over the time course over which you followed these patients? Well, over the twelve months, the ectasia cohort returned to baseline. The keratoconus uh, cohort statistically didn't return uh, to baseline uh, completely, but from a clinical point of view, uh, 
resolved for for the most part. And uh, we follow patients now out to two years, and uh, any residual haze in those patients were was completely re- completely resolved at the uh, at the two year follow up visit. Peter, does the haze associated with collagen crosslinking look like the haze we might associate with eczema laser treatment? It does not, and I think it's very important that clinically we differentiate this uh, from uh, post-PRK haze. You know, haze is just a very broad corneal term of uh, of, of um, lack of pristine uh, clarity. So, the kind of haze that we're seeing after crosslinking is entirely different from the reticulated type of haze that we see in, in PRK, and I, I suspect uh, that um, is both clinically and pathophysiologically different. What we're seeing in, in crosslinking is a very faint stromal dusting early on uh, that tends to uh, evaporate, so to speak, into a deeper, faint demarcation line, which then tends to resolve afterwards. As a, curiously, we found no association with haze in this study with any of the clinical outcomes. Peter, for the ophthalmologist to see haze or for the Schlemflug camera to measure haze, the, the haze has to be causing backscatter. You know, photons have to be coming in from the slit lamp, hitting the haze, uh, bounce back towards the slit lamp or the camera for us to measure it. But it, it's not the haze that's causing backscatter that affects vision. Right. The haze that affects vision is haze that's, com- that's causing forward scatter. Of A photon uh, comes from the slit lamp or from the outside world, hits the haze, is uh, diverted by it, but continues on its path in towards the, the patient's retina. And of course, this is a, a, a quite different thing and different from what we measure. Um, to to that extent, did any of these patients with haze demonstrate any sort of visual symptoms? It did not. Well, at least it did not in our analysis. We looked at haze and looked uh, at any association that it might have with effect on the keratometry afterwards, effect on best corrected vision, and, and effect on uncorrected vision. And we were unable to find a, a, any a, a association, both from a statistical and clinical point of view. So it, it, at least in this patient cohort or in this type of patient group, the, the, the haze that we're seeing at the slit lamp and the haze that we are able to measure over the time course is not having something that we can show uh, as, as, as a clinical effect, uh, either a negative clinical effect or a positive clinical effect, because one could, one could surmise that the haze would have a negative clinical effect simply because of scattering of light, or one could suggest that the haze may be uh, a marker, for instance, of the efficacy of crosslinking. Perhaps the more haze, the more crosslinking you get, and the more efficacious the procedure. So we were unable to find any clinical associations of the haze, either for good or, or for bad. Your data suggests that patients with more advanced keratoconus at baseline tended to develop greater haze. Given that these patients were worse to begin with, did the degree of haze portend a worse clinical outcome? Again, it did not. Uh, the, the ones who were more severe had more haze um, uh, on average only because they started out with more haze. But if you looked at the haze development and the haze diminution afterwards, 
it, it wasn't associated with severity of keratoconus. Rather, the severity of disease simply gives you a greater baseline haze upon which you are uh, doing the cross-linking and having the cross-linking associated haze um, uh, as well. Peter, how does collagen cross-linking stabilize ectasia? It stabilizes ectasia by making the cornea biomechanically stiffer. So the cornea physically is becoming less floppy, uh, so to speak. It's been shown by Seiler and Wolenzak in the laboratory um, uh, using elastometry and, and, and other measurements that the coin is actually being made stiffer, uh, being made less floppy. It has a higher Young's modulus and therefore is able, number one, to resist the intraocular pressure. Um, it's, it has a greater uh, ability to retain its shape. It's less elastic, uh, so to speak. And potentially, uh, the cross links may uh, increase the shear strength of the cornea, decrease slippage uh, between the collagen lamellae and keratoconus and stabilize it in that way as well. Aside from Hayes, what adverse events were observed? Uh, in our specific uh, patient cohort, uh, there were no, no real adverse events uh, per se. We had one situation of slower a wound healing, so uh, epithelial defect lasting uh, longer uh, than the five days uh, that we might um, that we might uh, expect. Um, uh, some ocular uh, surface um, uh, problems and 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 discomfort requiring um, uh, the need for uh, um, surface lubrication, uh, the need for uh, um, ocular ocular surface. Uh, management uh, in our study, um, but fortunately there were no uh, notable uh, uh, adverse events that we reported. For those patients for whom you observed a decrease in acuity, was the etiology haze or topographic change? We don't know. Uh, we looked at the patients uh, who had a decrease in, um, in, in spectacle corrected vision, and there was no notable clinical sign uh, that we could find um, uh, associated uh, with, with the loss of vision in, uh, 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 in, in that case. It was not associated with uh, haze, for instance. It was not associated uh, with a change in K. Uh, uh, for instance, I believe that when we looked at loss of spectacle uh, corrected vision, there was one patient in our trial who lost um, vision. That was a patient with post-LASIK ectasia. And in that patient, both the corrected vision and the uncorrected vision decreased from 2100 to 2160. We looked at that patient specifically. We looked at the corneal haze or the corneal topography, and there was nothing that we could find, any clinical sign that we could find that accounted for it. So it wasn't really progression of keratoconus. It wasn't corneal haze. There was nothing that we could um, put our finger on uh, that accounted for the loss of vision in that one patient. Peter, for whom is this technique most beneficial? Who is a candidate for collagen cross-linking? Well, the real goal of collagen cross-linking is to decrease 
the progression of progressive keratoconus and progressive uh, corneal ectasia. So the best candidates, I think, are those patients who generally are probably younger, who have progressive uh, disease where you can document change in the um, or the topography change in, in, in keratometry in order to avoid uh, the, uh, the progression to, to later stages of keratoconus. Peter, what do you do in your own practice now? Someone with post-LASIK keratoctasia comes in or, or someone with progressive keratoconus? Well, remember that in the U.S., um, corneal collagen cross-linking is not uh, FDA-approved. So it can only be done... Uh, in the U.S. under uh, specific uh, clinical trial uh, protocols. Uh, currently, in, uh, in my practice, uh, we have a, um, a physician-sponsored um, study. We have two physician-sponsored um, uh, IND studies uh, that we are currently uh, undertaking, so we are uh, able uh, to treat patients who uh, have the proper entry criteria with, within uh, the formalities of, of those clinical trials. Peter, do you know what the FDA status of this therapy is? Are, are there companies with products in drug trials now? Yes, the, um, the multi-center U.S. clinical trial, the original trial, um, is currently being sponsored uh, by Avidro, uh, for which I am medical monitor. Uh, incidentally. And uh, they are currently, all patients in that trial have been uh, been treated um, and followed, and uh, they are currently undergoing uh, uh, data analysis uh, with the hope of, uh, of, of submission for um, a formal FDA approval at some time in the uh, foreseeable future. Peter Hirsch, thank you so much. Thanks, Josh. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye now. Peter Hirsch is director Cornea and Laser Eye Institute Hirsch Vision Group and Professor of Clinical Ophthalmology and Chief of Cornea and Refractive Surgery at UMDNJ New Jersey Medical School. He's also visiting research collaborator at Princeton University. He and I discussed the findings of two papers, Natural History of Corneal Haze After Collagen Crosslinking for Keratoconus and Corneal Ectasia, Schlemflug and Biomicroscopic Analysis, which appeared in the December 2010 issue of the Journal of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, and Corneal Collagen Crosslinking for Keratoconus and Corneal Ectasia, one-year results, which appeared in the January 2011 issue of that same journal. Ask questions of Dr. Hirsch or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.